All right, welcome to what you can see is a very special Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Every now and then again, we always prefer in-studio guests as opposed to uh, Zoom, and but Zoom's the way of the world now, or StreamYard. Very pleased in our guest segment to have in here, of course, the great Jim McMahon. Uh, welcome, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, thank you. And by the way, because of the lighting, Jim asked to wear sunglasses. <laughs> so he said, sure. He's not right in this office. You got it. Well, part of it is the <laughs> overhead lighting. And, and this is actually, Jimmy, our war room, our war room for uh, for uh, football Sundays, uh, et cetera. We watch all the games uh, in live time. And we had a little chat ahead of time about what we were doing and so forth but uh yeah i mean uh injuries are a big part of the football game so welcome to the show uh what you been up to these days well for about the last 19 months dealing with a yeah. bad foot and uh trying to figure out what the heck's going on and hopefully uh by the end of today we will <laughs> yeah so now to that end look i always say this about uh well first of all thrilled that you're here and from a fan perspective, you have to understand, I was in Chicago in 1985. I was Good in medical school. It was a great time <laughs> to be there. I was in medical school in Chicago. And obviously the the uh, 85 and the 86 Bears, the whole thing, that was very special. And the Super Bowl shuffle and everything. Oh. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, the crew that I have working with me here, I said, Jake, the man's coming. Oh, that's cool. Then they do some Googling. And I, I first said, we should get him a sports injury central six score headband and they i'm not sure they understood that until they actually <laughs> the yeah. young guys you oh, know yeah, they're guys you know they, they don't know no sense yeah. of history anymore. no sense yeah. of history but <laughs> for the most part all the guests that i've had on have been fairly professional i feel like they've been people i've gotten to know since i've become a physician in the nfl and then step down from that or in the media world you're one of the few that i would say is like i was a fan first as opposed to in a more professional setting so thrilled to have you here and the, that was a special time uh, 80 the bears and and uh, yeah, chicago uh, was a was a fun place to be <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch yourself there now yeah craziness going on yeah well we'll we'll talk about chicago a little bit about you and stuff i guess my First thing is everyone knows that football is a very it's, everyone says it's a contact sport. I actually say football is not a contact sport. I say basketball is a contact sport. You you're you're always in contact with people. Football is a collision sport. Mm -hmm. To me, there's a big difference between a contact sport and a collision sport. You've suffered your injuries over time, you know, and and you know, be it the light sensitivities and this, that, the other, and and your whole body and sort. Knowing what you know now, would you play again? Or if you had kids, let them play? Uh, I, I would have rather played baseball my whole life, but you know, it didn't work out that way. And uh, I did have, I had four kids, uh, two boys, and uh, never really pushed them to, do, to play football. And my oldest son really had no interest. He played, he grew up playing hockey and baseball. My youngest son really liked the game of football and wanted to be a football player and play, I think, two years in, in high school. And he he has well played hockey and baseball and ended up playing baseball. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of happy they didn't. Uh, you know, I don't think they're, you know, until they're, be, you know, juniors in high school at least to put on a helmet and, and start hitting people. Sure. So rewind the clock, knowing what you do now, would you have 
really tried harder baseball or done the football yeah, route yeah. again? I would have went. I would have went the baseball route, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get asked all the time, "Would you let your son play football?" This, that, the other. If you ask my wife, my son's ten now. If you ask my wife when the when when our son was five, she would have said no and no way. My answer was always, "Let's wait and see." When he gets into high school, does he even want to? Does he like the contact? He likes the game of football because I watch it all the time. And he plays the flag football stuff. But that's different than tackle football. And what I tell parents is if you like baseball or your kid likes baseball as much as he likes football, let him play baseball. I mean, you know, in terms of safety and and, and otherwise. To me, it's not just head injuries, but it's – you know, yeah, knee your injuries, body. your whole yeah. body and, and so forth, especially with the number of years that you played it. It's a collision sport. If you prefer tennis, by all means, go play tennis. But, uh, you know, I, I suppose my answer is if my son loved football and was dying to play it, then I probably would allow him to. But if he likes something else about the same, I might steer him in a different direction. And, um, you know, for those who say, you know, football, you should or shouldn't. And I look at it this way. Riding a motorcycle is dangerous, more dangerous than driving in a car. Driving in a car it has some dangers too. The only way to not get in a car accident is never get in a car, right? And so there is some inherent dangers in anything you do. Riding a motorcycle is clearly more dangerous than being in a car, but it's not illegal. Football is clearly more dangerous than other sports. Whether it's elite, it, I don't know that it should be legal that people choose what they want to do and be informed and do it as safely as possible. I'm all for some of the things that have happened in football. I mean, as you know, I mean, uh, I was a team physician before the whole recognition of full concussions and then lived the growth of into concussions. And, you know, I think it's a good thing that it's gone from a badge of honor to come off to the sidelines and says, Ooh, I saw stars, but I stayed yeah. in, which was your entire era. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, now it's, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't know what y'all do under that tent, but, you know, where they come out nowadays. And well, yeah. The, what goes uh, on in there? I mean, when I was in the NFL, I wanted a tent because there were things sometimes you want to do. I mean, a groin wrap, you got to run inside. You can't do that. Or all the p- times that people pee on the, on the Gatorade uh, area, right, on the sideline. You want a tent. Or I wanted a tent because half the time I would examine a guy on the sideline, one of the athletic trainers would be blocking the camera. I'm like, can we just have a tent? But now that I'm on the other side, I don't like the tent. I want to see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. it, it, once the tent goes up, it's a it's a it's a different uh, it's a different story. But you know, and, and that's the one thing that I don't think people I can't say enough is that in the game of football, right, 85%'s a good week. You know, especially as the season goes on, nobody, you know, uh, people look at an injury report and say, oh, I see three names or five names or seven names. Do you really think you travel three team physicians, four or five athletic trainers and a physical therapist for those four people that were on the list? I mean, you see a dozen guys a game after a game and before a game and different things. It really is a brutal uh, collision, uh, collision. And how they try to hide the, you know. Who's hurt and who's not? <laughs> yeah, well, like that's questionable, or what's the other? What's the other one? Well, okay. yeah, they've tried to get rid of some of them. There's maybe question, questionable, it was questionable or... doubtful. There used to be probable. <laughs> they got rid of that yeah. questionable and doubt. So really, you, you really look at it now. 
Just questionable so, we, just so is, the odds is, would change in Vegas. Right. Well, questionable is anything from 99% playing to basically 99% not playing is questionable. Everything else is out or doubtful. So this is why legitimately the Patriots can put 12 or 15 guys every week as questionable because as long as they have something, they're legitimately questionable, even if they're 99% playing and that's kind of what we do at sports injury central right uh in the game of hide the bacon is this questionable guy gonna play not play or how well or how many or, or what can he or can he not do we try and turn questionable into not playing questionable into playing but limited snaps or effectiveness or or whatever off of video and we do it with the uh, team physicians that play that were in the sport from myself to John Heffernan, who was the Bulls, longtime team physician and uh, featured in the last dance, et cetera, and, and, and many others. So that, that's what I'm doing. But you're not, we're not here to talk about me. More on you. We talked about Chicago. And obviously, Chicago, that was a great time and, and for the city and so forth. What do you think about potential Arlington Heights for a stadium for Chicago Bears? What do you think about that? Is that where the old uh, racetrack was? Yeah, was, apparently oh, yeah. there's a deal that's brewing. I'm not sure exactly, how, but well, from what of... I've heard is it's they're going to try to make that area, that whole area, like uh, like Wrigleyville. You know what the what the Cubs have done downtown uh, by Wrigley, and uh-huh. uh, and I, and that's that's the only plans that I've heard about. I, uh, you do you know, like that it, idea, or do you think, I think it would be stay? great for for the fans and? I think it'd be easier for them to all get to the stadium. You know, right now they, you can come in from the north or the south, basically. You're not, yeah. There's well, nowhere a, else to come from. That's an iconic setting, right on the lake in Soldier Field. Yeah. I often we've played there a bunch, and but uh, I often wonder every time I go there, I, I always say, "What does, does the city of Chicago know that a spaceship landed in the middle oh, of Soldier it's, Field?" It's, <laughs> that's yeah. what it looks like, right? It's I mean, really, <laughs> in my opinion, I wouldn't. It's it's sad, but yeah. They could have used those pillars a lot better than they did there. Yeah, those but but they're iconic, and they you know just blend them in somehow. Not not with a spaceship, like you said. Yeah, but that's the latest thing. It used to be right. Stadiums were about uh, seat licenses and suite revenue. Now stadiums are about land development. Look at Inglewood and the Rams. It's about land development, and you're right. That's what Arlington Heights is probably about. It's about the associated land development. But I'm glad you think that it's better for fans. It's always a a, a good thing. Um, oh, I forgot to say earlier. It'll be I, a, a little bit warmer in Arlington Heights. I mean, they're right there on the lake, but you know, and you're in Chicago, it's cold. It doesn't matter. You know, I as I said, I lived in Chicago, and, and the thing I never figured out is when it was 30 degrees colder it was lake effect. And in the summertime, when it was warm, whatever it was different than anywhere else, it was always lake effect. If it's snowing like crazy, it's lake effect. If it's sunny, it's lake effect. If it's windy, it's lake effect. (laughs) Pretty easy to be one of those people. (laughs) 50-50 shot. Yeah. It's going to rain tomorrow. Maybe not. Everything is uh, (laughs) is lake effect. Um, The one thing I did, the guys did, they looked up stuff. I didn't realize you came in when you started, you were a punter. I'm from in college. Yes. Yeah, in college. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to make the, the varsity in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew I wasn't going to be the first or second team quarterback. And uh, I knew I could kick the ball. So I, I tried that and, and I ended up winning that job. So And then I ended up being the third team, third team quarterback as well. So, so you were the original <laughs> as a freshman. 
Danny White or well, Danny was or, before me. Danny was before you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you followed him. Yeah, gotcha. Well, he was he was at Arizona State. Okay. And then, uh, and heck, back in the day, George Blanda punted and was a quarterback, right? George did it all. George I mean, did kicked, it all. Punted, yeah. So, uh, it brings up a question. In today's, do you think if you could be transposed in today's NFL when you were coming out of college, would you be better off or worse off? Are you a better fit for now? Is it better now or or would it would be an advantage for you to be a today's yeah, quarterback or disadvantage? Well, nowadays you can't get hit, so okay. or supposedly, right? Yeah. And uh, you know everybody's pretty much wide open. They're throwing the ball a lot, and that's what that's what I did in college. And that's all I wanted to do was throw it. Uh, that's why you went to BYU. <laughs> exactly, not, not, not for the honor code. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we try to win games, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I just I wanted to throw the ball more, but in Chicago it was you know, handing the ball off to number thirty-four wasn't a bad deal either. You know, Walter Payton was you know one of the greatest ever, so it was a pleasure playing with him. Well, as I look at it, I, I think you would have been look you achieved a lot playing in the mid '80s and in the '90s, but if you played today. <laughs> would be a whole different story right as you said i mean i mean routinely nowadays quarterbacks throw minimum 40 times a game oh yeah uh, my guess is you didn't throw 40 times oh, a game it take me long. four games to throw 40 balls bro. yeah exactly <laughs> you know three three wide receivers are normal yeah, four third, and, third and 13 yeah go ahead throw one <laughs> good luck but <laughs> 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 everyone knows you're throwing yes uh no uh, but not only that as i look look back in the day they wanted you in the pocket, but you're athletic enough that you could have been one of these mobile in and out of the pocket guys and throwing the ball all the time and, and everywhere. Um, and with the protections certainly would have been better for sure. Now that I think about it. Yeah, for sure. You'd be, you'd be way better off in today's game than, than the game that you played. Yeah. But it was, I think I wouldn't, uh, you know, I'd been in a lot more trouble with all this social media and everything else. <laughs> I had enough trouble with the media, you know, <laughs> the sports guys. And so with everything else that's out there now, it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. I, I think it's really hard now. And, um, look, I, I don't know. I don't try and be, the, the bottom line is like, I've seen it before friends and athletes, even if you're trying to do the right thing, if you're seen in the area, you're now, you know, the, they, well, they can the, spin it any way the they guilty want. guilty one, right? Because yeah. you're the one they remember. You forget the other 20 people that were there, and you were just standing there not doing much, you know, um, uh, et cetera. Yeah. It's, it's a different game with the social media. And there is a uh, – if, if it's on social media and there's video of it, there's no explaining it. You're, yeah, I, I see what you mean there. That, that certainly would make, make life a lot harder. Um, Let's see. Um, the uh, and you spent a little time in San Diego with the Chargers before one, one brief year, but before uh, my time here. In San yeah, Diego. it was. Uh, I got traded here in nineteen eighty nine, and then I had had one year here, and then moved on to Philadelphia. But it was fun. I loved living here. I had a uh, in Del Mar. You know, that's okay. where I lived, and uh, my kids all enjoyed it. Loved the weather, and. Uh, and then we ended up in in Philadelphia, living in Jersey, and they 
they didn't like that switch the next year. But yeah, I had a good time with the Chargers. Yeah, well, in my tenure with the Chargers, I remember I think it was 1999. All three of our quarterbacks were former Bear quarterbacks. Yeah, wow. uh, that who, year. Who might they, they have been? I don't. Know. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, okay. Eric Kramer. Moses Moreno. Wow. <laughs> that was our three on our roster. All former Bear quarterbacks. Now, former other places too. For some of them, right? Kramer, Detroit, and Harbaugh's been other places. But that was our that was our three. And, and Moses uh, Moreno, I forgot all about that guy. Yeah, well, he's a San Diego kid, right? And his and his brother was on the team at one point too, Zeke, but uh, the linebacker. But uh, besides you, we've gotten we had Tom Zach. Um, heck, we had Flutie for a number of years. <laughs> so there you go. Wow. So uh, when I when I put it out to the uh, audience here, some questions. There are some questions that come in and say, "What do you want to ask Jim?" One person asked, uh, "How many packs of gum did Ditka chew on the sidelines?" <laughs> now I want to modify that. More packs of gum? Did he chew chew out more packs of gum or more players on the sideline in a given game on average? Mm, I would have been close. I don't know how much gum he he used, but. Uh, he wore it out, that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> he threw it at a couple people coming off the field. Yeah. And uh, tell us something about Ditka that people wouldn't know or or a special little anecdote or story. Uh, well, he, you know, he'd give you the shirt off his back for sure, no matter who you are. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a hell of a player. I would love to play with him. He's a you know Hall of Fame player, and I think he would have understood me a hell of a lot more had he been in my huddle. You know, because he'd have figured out, hey, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He always thought I did stuff just to piss him off. You know, I just I said, Mike, I, I'm trying to win games with the bullshit you're sending in. It's not going to work. Because I had to change a lot of plays or not even call them. Well, that would be one thing now. Like, would be very different if you're trying to play now because. Everything is scripted and sent in, and here's the play call. You maybe have have two options, but everything is sent in. There's no freedom for the quarterback anymore in today's game. That that would definitely be a be a be a difference. And your freedom is you got four guys wide, and you, <laughs> you can pretty much take your pick depending on how you see them line up. Yeah, no, 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 no question, no, no question there. That's certainly. Uh, I think it's just different, right? It's just a totally different game. Look, uh, every sport is different now. Baseball is different. You know, it's five-man, maybe six-man rotations, and the reliever pitches the ninth inning only. No eighth and ninth, no seventh, right? <laughs> Everything's different. NBA load management, this, that, the other, and and uh, it's either a dunk or a three, right? There's no mid-game, you know? Football's the same now, right? I mean, uh, third, 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 third and two is now a passing down, right? <laughs> Every down's a pass. Every down's That's how it was at, at BYU. That's why I love that place. It was uh-huh. the best offense I'd ever played. But uh-huh. yeah, it'd be it'd be first and goal on the one. And, and Lavelle Edwards would tell our or ask our coordinator, "Hey, you gonna run it in?" He goes, "No, we got it down here throwing it. We're gonna throw it in." He just loved loved throwing TD passes. That guy. There you go. Now you played in college with Andy Reid. Yes, Andy Reid was my tackle back in 1978. And uh, yeah, he was a good, good teammate. I had a had a great time with him. Did you see did. coaching greatness in him? You know, he started coaching after he 
his uh, eligibility was up at BYU. So he became a graduate assistant. I don't know how long he did that, uh -huh. but uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he enjoyed it. Just, he loved being around the guys. And that's, I think that's why the guys respond to him. He's a player's coach uh -huh. and you got to love an old offensive lineman that likes to throw the ball. And that's why he was, he was there. And uh, <clears throat> you know, his, what he's done over his coaching career is, I think, speaks for itself. You know, he's, well, that is interesting. He's an old lineman that wants to throw the ball. That they yeah, all usually all want to run. Yeah, the ball. they want to run it. They want to just pound on people. But he, he's one of those guys. Hey, he he understands it's a lot easier to throw it than run it. Yeah. All right. So, fun question for you. You were a college punter, and then a quarterback. And one of my funnest little, of course, Andy Reid, one of the things he's known for is you've seen that punt pass and oh, kick where uh, he's like. I've, I've seen like, the picture. <laughs> towers over. Who, looks it, like Shaq compared to us. Uh, yeah. who, who would win that punt, punt pass and kick back in the day, you or Andy Reid? Uh, probably Andy. Hell, I would have been, been looking at him like that. Like, <laughs> hey, you got to be kidding me. I'm going against this guy. So it would have been. It looks like somebody's dad. <laughs> It would have been like the little uh, pictures when he was 12 and he was towering <laughs> over everybody. He's, he's, that no, he's a great guy though. Great coach. Great to see to him having the success he's had. Mm -hmm. So uh, besides getting healthy, uh, you're still playing barefoot golf or not really right now? Well, I haven't played in quite a while. Uh, I'm looking forward to going back up to Lake Tahoe in July for the oh, yeah. American century championship. Uh -huh. That'll be my 34th consecutive year, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I love that course too. Edgewood's yeah, awesome. It's a nice, nice place to be. Uh -huh. They do a great job there and a uh, hell of a tournament. So it's always fun to go there. And, uh, and I got to be walking by then. So there you go. There's, there's the test. There, there's my uh, motivation. Now what's the story behind barefoot? Why barefoot? Well, for one, I had all those fat asses stepping on my feet and cleats all those years. Those linemen, they, they like to, for some reason, step backwards a lot. <laughs> And I kept telling the guys, you're blocking her in front of you. You shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't have to step back first. You should be ready to go. And so I got stepped on a lot. And plus, it just feels great. I mean, you're walking down the fairway in the grass and the sand doesn't bother me. You know, and if I hit it in the shit, then I just I always have my flip flops available. Throw those on for a shot and then back to back to the fairway. So. And you get a nice tan. I don't like, you know, fish barely white feet aren't real sexy. So <laughs> I try to get a tan on my feet. Well, that was one of the other questions. They asked you why the golf. And my initial thought when I read the Twitter question was, why not? If I could get away with it, I probably would. <laughs> well, too. there's no rule in golf that says you have to wear shoes. You know, there might be a local rule. Yeah, know? but you're J Jim McMahon. And I'm a stickler for the rules. You know? Yeah, there's but no it, rule but, there. Yeah. It. But, I'm going to get a but, tan. But when you're Jim McMahon, you do that. People think there's a cool factor to it. When you're Dave Town, you do that. Say, so who's that weirdo doctor? <laughs> so I can't do that. I can't get away with that. Um, I don't have time to golf anyways. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you want to cover here or talk about or the game, how it changes? We, we were talking a little earlier about Lamar Jackson and that situation and playing and whatever free uh, we're open here. I'm not the best host in the world. I like to just have a conversation. What would your views on, on cannabis be in the NFL and whether, whether or not they let them utilize that rather than the opioids they, they prescribe? Well, thanks for that question. Um, first of all, uh, as a traditional medical doctor, I'd be the first one to say that I perhaps don't know enough about cannabis 
and we're learning more and more about the principles and properties of CBD, et cetera. So uh, I don't happen to be a big cannabis. I'm not a cannabis user, but I can see, and there's enough evidence out there that it's certainly worth looking into for pain. The only thing that I would say is there is a, uh, in your day, it may have been different. In my day, I mean, people have the assumption that, you fed them full of opiates to get on the field. Look, we use Toradol. That's not an opiate. It's a strong anti-inflammatory. But the strongest painkiller that we'd ever use would be one Tylenol with coating because people don't understand. You can't play quarterback. You can't play running back. You can't play NFL football. If you're on opiates, your reaction time is slow. You'll get hurt. You'll hurt the team. You can't do it. Did we use the needle? I did when, my whole career. Okay. Well, it, it's, <laughs> I it's, need six to eight perks a game. Well, that's like I said, it's a different era. <laughs> In my era, we never did do that. Okay. We just never did because we felt like it would slow people down, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, oh, it definitely we, slowed me down. I mean, it's, but it slowed everybody down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we never, did. I mean, th there was one player where, People assumed that the, he was he was found with 100 Vicodin, and uh, people assumed that we had given it to them. And the reality was, when we looked at our logbooks, we hadn't given them a single one. It was 100 Vicodin in a baggie. I'm not saying no players used opiates to play. I'm just saying they didn't come from the team position. Now, you're looking at late 90s, mid to late 90s and beyond, so it's a different era. Um uh, look, uh, CBD might be a better alternative in game and whether it's in game or post game and, and, you know, it's an interesting, uh, thing. And I think it's worth further exploration. I don't want to be declaring that it's good for this and not good for this without all the knowledge, but I think there are some avenues and the NFL has loosened things up. Well, we know, you all know, I mean, it's look, 1800 people in the league. How many people smoke? Let's just be honest. I mean, what's your guess? Out of eighteen hundred, well, when I played, I say fifteen hundred, but no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, it could be. No, I, no I'm just I guessing. Mean, um, uh, today's game, I've, I've no idea. Look, no if idea. you took eighteen hundred twenty-five-year-olds in Pacific Beach out here in San Diego, what percentage smoke? I mean, it's high, yeah, right? 80. Yeah, so 85, there's at least a thousand of the 1800. They're not catching anybody for the most part. So you know the deal. It's one performance enhancement and substance abuse are different tests. Substances of abuse happen one time a year. Okay, I'll tell you a story and see if you corroborate this. I said to guys once, this is when I was still on the team. Now they hid the usage from me because you know they didn't want to involve me in it, but because I was younger and, and whatever, I'd talk to them and I knew them all pretty well and was friendly. I said, ah, guys, I know what you guys do during training camp. They're like, what's that? He goes, the month before you show up, you stop smoking so that you clear out the TCH. And then in training camp, when you're at the holiday and hotel, you hope your position group gets drawn first the first day. Because if you do, then you're good for the year. And that day after practice, you guys all smoke. And he looked at me and said, that day? We have a play, teammate's room number all set up so that as soon as we're done, 
we literally pee and then go into his room and so smoke that day that morning i said before practice he's like yeah <laughs> yeah we've another been, day well yeah <laughs> I, of course no names and whatever but yeah i was like hmm. I knew you'd do that night. I didn't realize it was for practice. And so I, I'm not, you know, look, they re relax the rules a little bit as far as threshold as well. And yeah, it is interesting that it's legal in California. It's legal in Colorado, but it's not legal on an NFL team. That's, that's crazy because a lot of these teams are in states that are legal and it's the average citizen can go in and have take, you know, purchase whatever they want but yeah you're gonna you're gonna tell an nfl player he's he's not allowed to do that yeah i'm with he, you he's got to take the whatever they prescribe yeah and i've asked about that and uh, i'm told that's a cba thing uh, if the players wanted to change that they could but as the collective bargaining works okay the owners will then say what do you want to give up we'll let you do it but what do you want to get so i don't know it's 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 all above and beyond my pay grade but from a medical perspective, I would say I think there is some role for CBD that we need to figure out what it is. I mean, and, they have they have tons and tons of research that they've they've hidden from people and lied. There, and there's no question. Else. There's a lot of research. I guess all I'm saying is, um, uh, and I guess we could do a special podcast on it. And it's an interesting subject. But I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I'm open to the idea. And if I were head team physician, and it were today. I probably would do a lot of investigation myself through specialists to figure out what is perhaps the best role uh, for a CBD. But uh, I've never fully entered that world, but I am open to the idea that it could be of benefit. Uh, the question is how and what's the best way. And uh, yeah, there, there definitely are some anomalies. Like at least a thousand players out of 1800 are using it on a regular basis. We haven't seen a lot of horrific outcome from it. It's almost like prohibition, right? I mean, alcohol was still going on, and you just made it legal again after prohibition. And uh, the question is, how do you handle it? And, and uh, obviously the CBA and everything else. But, you know, if you ask me pure out as uh, would is CBD potentially better than being addicted to opioids, that answer is a probably strong yes. But, you know, let, you know we got to let, science sort itself out and figure out what makes the most sense i know you're you're a believer that it has helped you tremendously yes. oh there's no doubt about it i mean i i tried my first joint when i was 14 years old back in 1973 and uh you know throughout the years enjoyed it and you know same thing we we do the same thing in june we'd, we everybody stopped for a month and a half or 45 days or whatever it was and then uh, as soon as we took the test, we'd be out in the cornfields. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I get and, it. And it, it, it got me off of uh, the opioids. I mean, I was still eating those things. I, I retired in 1997. Uh, and in 2005, and I, I was still eating those things. And, mm -hmm. and that's when I took my last one up until this damn foot surgery. I hadn't had an opioid in, you know, 50, Well, you know, here's 20, the thing. Almost 20 years. Like, that's it. Like, you, you, I think team physicians get blamed a lot, but this is a reality. When you're Jim McMahon and you go see a doctor, you can get the Percocet you want. They're just happy to see you. And oh, just one oh, time. Yeah, they would never, never a problem getting that. <laughs> yeah, 
never and, a problem and, and that's where you get into the brett Favre and, and whatever i just admit i came in at a different time so we didn't really do that but here's my question so you started smoking some when you were 14 and then obviously in rest of the life so how'd you get through your years of college without smoking I didn't. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking I around. Didn't get through without we smoking. can cut that out too. I'm just joking around. I don't no, care. Hell about it. I'm, they're not I finally gonna... graduated. I'm good. <laughs> they can't take it back. No. All right, Jimmy. Thank you so much. And uh, glad that you came into studio today and uh, appreciate you. And we'll get you back golfing uh, for uh, the summer in Lake Tahoe as best we can. I appreciate it, Doc. Thanks for all your help. All right, welcome back to part two of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. It's fun to have Jim McMahon in studio there. Um, well, I think what I learned from that is I'm not a very good host or interviewer. <laughs> I'm way better conversationalist. Yeah. Like, I almost wish that the podcast was when he first walked into the room and we started talking right and we just started talking about i mean the conversation was easy free flow this the other then we get okay the podcast and i'm asking questions i'm not an interview guy you know uh it's more of a you conversation just, people want to know stuff from you not you on the other side of it you so. know like even when john mcclain was on when he started asking me questions or or mike silver when he started right. asking me questions i actually am way more comfortable with that and when when jimmy asked me about cbd and cannabis I was more comfortable with that than my, you know, trying to run the show. It's just, uh, anyways, I, I remember way, way back when we had a review of the podcast and we, I was really proud of it. I forget who reviewed it. It was all the sports podcasts out there. And uh, I was proud of her. Great. We got an A minus. And what they said was, and we were the only podcast that was really very independent i mean we were getting compared to a lot of the big boy even the big boy fantasy podcasts and so forth and they said on the good side it was great content great knowledge unbelievable guests on the bad side is our audio quality wasn't that good and that i didn't know how to run an interview <laughs> I'm like fair i think we fixed the audio yeah. i still don't know how to run an interview so Worked on that last part but that's all right <laughs> well some of it would be if i actually prepared and studied for it yeah. i mean i just end up having a conversation that's just always been uh, my that's what podcasts nature. are for the most part so yeah that's why i should have just like question turn, answer question answer turned yeah. it on when we walked in the room and started talking that almost yeah. would have been more interesting he actually said some interesting things you know when you know even about lamar and right. I, I tried to get him to say it again but he already said it so <laughs> fail on my part um you know the rating still holds true great guests the guy doesn't know how to do interviews that's right stick to surgery doc that's yeah that's the bread and butter it is what it is <laughs> all right uh lots of other things to talk about basketball baseball golf even yeah uh, let's let's hit it stick with nfl real quick though uh made a lot of buzz in the fantasy community when sean payton said javante williams they expect him to be ready at the beginning of training camp and obviously that would mean ready for week one, full go, all that stuff. He was, I believe, multi-ligament, LCL, ACL. So how how likely is that for him to be ready training camp? Well, no offense to Sean Payton. No offense to head coaches. Uh, for me to buy into that, I need to see self-released video or otherwise that somehow proves Javante Adams' progress. 
We were the first in Sports Injury Central, I believe, in-game to say it was ACL, LCL more than. That's come out to be true. Is this exactly a J.K. Dobbins? No two are exactly the same. But remind me what the Ravens were saying about J.K. Dobbins before the season. He's ready to go full low. I mean, there's optimistic coaches, and you never want to knock them for being optimistic. But no, it seems, but, like, but it seems I, like this is the case with that as It well. seemed like there was the optimism was even stronger than right. for Javante Adams, and that was one of our easiest unders right. uh, for our futures. So uh, I'm not buying it yet. I hope it's true. I'm more than glad to be wrong. I'm not buying it yet. I know uh, you showed me something, and I chatted briefly with Evan Silva uh on something else and i saw those guys establish a run those guys are great uh that they're i don't know 17 or 18 they have them 17 or 18 lower than his adp right now now i don't know what 17 or 18 lower than adp (laughs) no okay look 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 look, i i know what adp means i don't know the significance of 18 lower when when they start talking about running back tiers and yeah you, you check out so <laughs> it's just not my area of expertise but, yeah. but if you want to give me comps of this that the other but do i buy in that he's play ready week one and will look do i think his week one six score is in the 90s no <laughs> and he's he's week four so a little bit earlier in the year that might help him a little bit but it it's never First year back is never well. J.K. Dobbins was preseason. Yeah, I mean he he ended up being the alien eyes and the knee and all that residual swelling and yeah. So six score in the nineties week one, no. Right (laughs) now, what week? Don't know. Uh, If you told me uh, week ten got him in the nineties, I'd say take it. That's a pretty good result. So uh, I don't know. I I I don't think eighteen dropping ADP, and I don't know enough about ADPs is enough yeah well this is a time of year for optimism because you don't see actual video people on the, well the then they're going to release a video so, yeah. of how good he looks how good he looks but that's not everything right and no anyways so yeah just just letting people know we're starting our uh, nfl stuff it, it never turns off <laughs> it's yeah. always looking forward to next year so we'll have everything on kyler and javante williams all the fantasy relevant and uh well, we're not negative people, on everybody. So. No, As, Isaiah Pacheco had some surgery in the offseason, and we think we're fine with him yeah. going forward. We're not negative on everybody. No, just offseason surgery doesn't necessarily mean bad. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a tune-up and get guys ready to go so there's no residual issues. Yeah. Um, but like you mentioned, golf. Uh, Jordan Spieth is at Oak Hill. He's he's seems like he's gearing up for the PGA. Uh, he's got a big old tape on his left arm that we made a video about. You can check it on YouTube. Uh what what are his chances to play and play well? Okay. First of all, I'll do a better job than I did on the video explaining the um, tape job. I think on our YouTube video, I did it quick before my son's baseball game. <laughs> I don't think I did the best. They keep job. winning, Doc. It's it's killing us, taking us taking you away from us. <laughs> you know, I'm very happy for him. But <laughs> for like five straight games now, like oh, this is the last one. This yeah. is the last one. This is the last one. Well, Thursdays is the championship. So in theory, should be the last one. But then again, if they're lucky enough to win. Then they go tournament of champions, right? No, they have to play again ah. because it's a double elimination tournament. Ah, okay. We lost the, the first game. So we've been winning, winning, winning. We're way back into. But they have to beat we're, them twice. We're, we're yeah. in the championship game, but now we got to beat them twice. So either. So we have to win Thursday and then now maybe Saturday. And so. 
Padre tickets plans changed. This plans <laughs> changed. I mean, the office schedule plans yeah. changed, and and then he's you know uh, he must take after mom. He he made the All Star team for the league, and so he's already got a Memorial Day tournament and going into July. So I'm like, can we just move on? <laughs> no, so, no excuses here. Jordan Spieth. Here's the thing. First of all, you have to understand. We just talked with Jim McMahon. Eighty-five percent is a good day. Eighty-five percent. You can't golf. You ever try and golf when your back is 85%? You can't play. And wrist, very important. Left wrist, even more important. And what the tape job tells us, why does he have, why do you think he has two different colors of tape? Is he trying to be fashionable? It's not the NBA. They don't do it for fun. <laughs> He's got the more structural white tape for support around his wrist. And we'll show a picture of it here. And that's for support around his left wrist, which is the power and the grip hand and golf or right hand and golf or the whole deal. And these guys do tremendous things with the golf club. And you really need your wrist, almost more important than a baseball player. And it's important for baseball to move the ball and things they have to do and so forth. But that white tape is for structural support around the wrist. And that black tape is like kinesio tape. K tape, more stretchy. And it just happens to come in black. It comes in different colors, but they had black. They weren't trying to make it two toned in any way. But where it is tells me, I'm not trying to get super es esoteric, but extensor carpi ulnaris, extensor tendon on the little pinky finger side. And that's responsible for extension, but also wrist ulnar deviation gotcha pretty important in golf yeah I, I was surprised it went all the way up the arm but yeah, that's what you're saying is the tendon connects so that's why well they're pressure taking off. pressure off yeah the tendon the, the tendonitis is more distal right it's the tape goes longer but that's for support to me when i saw that look if not for the pga he would not play is my opinion yeah He's trying to get the career grand slam. PGA so. career grand slam sponsors. He's a competitor. I'm not, look, I'm just saying if he's 95%, if you're 95% as a golfer, you can't win. I mean, the game of golf is so hard. It, they're such finely tuned animals, so to speak, right. machines, so to speak. You just can't win is my impression. We talked about it last year with Bryson DeChambeau and he tried to avoid surgery, the hook of the handmaid, and he dropped out. We've talked about it with Tiger Woods. I'm not dissing Jordan Spieth. It's mad respect for the game of golf and what you have to do. I don't think he can make it. I don't think he can win. I don't think he can be competitive at the top. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe that he's really fine now and the tape is purely precautionary in some way, shape, or form. Look, I've covered golf tournaments before. Um, it's been a while, but even those golfers, oh, my back's a little sore. Okay, well, here, you can take some Advil or whatever. And like, well, how will it affect me? I mean, it's just ibuprofen, it's a, <laughs> you know, or an anti. But yeah, but my nerves are this, or I don't want to feel funny. I, I mean, I'm not saying they're 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 difficult. I'm saying they're, they're curious about what oh, yeah. they need to know every yeah. little thing. It's a mental That's, game, <laughs> mental game, but it's it's a precision game. Right. Like, uh, if Jim McMahon throws the ball 
here, it's ideal. But if it's here, it's still completion. Here, it's still completion. Here, it's not. Right. But there's a bigger window of misses, yeah. you know, in terms, of course, there's the timing element and people are chasing you, but golf's a very precision game. And every millimeter, every angle of rotation at the wrist and other things amplify and matter. That's what makes drives everyone crazy in golf. The, so it's out of respect that I say, I think it's going to be very hard uh, for him to look. He might not make the cut. We'll see. Now, it wasn't that he only played one practice hole the other day. He was jumping around. He's only seen right. one, then he left. But he didn't leave. He was going to another. So he's trying to play. Let's see what happens. Uh, another hand injury that be big in the news this week is Tyler Hero. Um, third and fourth metacarpal fracture in the right hand, shooting hand. Uh, April 15th, he underwent surgery, April 21. Uh, team has said minimum six weeks. Why Why can he beat that? He's already been ruled out for game one. but Well, we said the Heat would have to make a deep run for him to return. I think they're pretty deep run right now. They're yeah. in the conference championship. Ruled out week one or game one. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm not sure why they delayed six days to have the surgery. Getting those six days back now would might be helpful. Um, but I think he's close. I think he could return the series. Um, if they make it to the championship, I think he will return. And that still won't be six weeks, right? Right. He's beating six weeks. He's playing if they get in the NBA championship. Book it. I think he's close now. Why? Because, yes, it's two bones, but the fracture, in theory, when it's fixed with the plate and screws, gives you more stability, uh, early stability. You're relying on the plate and screws. Is If it were you or I playing pickup basketball, the doctor would tell you not to play for three months, right? It's all relative yeah. risk. But, uh, look, we've all seen with a brace and the other things, football players playing a week or two weeks, running backs, you know, uh, et cetera. Wide receivers as early as four weeks. Look, basketball is a little different game. He's approaching four weeks. I would bet the under on the six. There you go. That'll be big for the series. Boston's a heavy favorite, so we'll see if think the Heat can get him back and, and compete. Uh, moving over to baseball, uh, one we missed on Saturday, Jazz Chisholm, uh, Marlins second baseman turned center fielder. Uh, he collided with the wall, going deep on a ball. Placed on a uh, 10-day IL, team saying four to six weeks for right turf toe. Is that about accurate? Well, four to six weeks for right turf toe. Well, let's put it this way. As we always say with injuries, first of all, it depends on what degree. Some turf toes are se- severe enough that you need surgery, and it's season. Not saying that's the case right. here. Is it his right? And is he bats, throws, what? Bats left, throws right. Well, you kind of need both, right? Yeah. So it's hard. Uh, big toe is the power joint, the turf toe. Four to six, I have to say it's on a milder side sprain. Yeah, it's it's possible. The question is going to be, do they stick to 10 or do they go to 60? Right. Right? I mean, uh, and uh, they'll check his progress because they can retroactively do it. But, yeah, if they're saying four to six weeks, I think you have to believe them. It's going to be at least four. And remember, let's say it's four. It's not like three weeks and six days, you can't do it. 
and ah, at the 28th day, I can yeah. do it all. I mean, no, it's all gradual, right? right? And what can he do and, and uh, the severity and, and how it affects him. Uh, baseball is not as, I don't want to say bad as golf. Um, it is a game that you cannot play at 85%, right? but you might get through if you're in the nineties, golf is a game that you got to be 98, 99 to play. So baseball is quote better in that respect, not saying they're tougher than golfers or football players are tougher. It's just different sports, more able to play through a little something than in golf, but not like football in right. football it's situational. Okay. You can do this. We'll put you in for a little bit a lot bigger know. roster size definitely so yeah uh yeah we'll get you info on that we'll have article up at uh, sicscore.com uh we know i know we ask you to pull rabbits out of the hat on the podcast but we, <laughs> we give you a video and <laughs> and uh what the team says and all that stuff so all that's incorporated in our insights on the website and articles uh another one we kind of asked you to pull a rabbit out of the hat was vlad guerrero jr for toronto we had just one angle video because it's a quick bunt so what would you see on his knee well, I mean, I remember in the day when Vlad Guerrero was athletic and at third base, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is now old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember Vlad Guerrero. Okay, I'm not that's that old, dog. That's I'm not how that, old I I'm am. I'm not too young to not remember that. I remember him hitting the ball out that bounced before the plate. Yeah, I mean, Vlad, I mean, he looks a little stiff, but obviously his knee, the way that the video looks, the good news is, this is not like an ACL tear. Uh, is it a cartilage injury? It could be, but I'm more worried for a recurrence of patella tendonitis in his knee that he had in spring training, it seems like. And right. we're speculating on the patella tendonitis. The good news is it's not surgical. Uh, it's not season-ending. The bad news is it can linger. It clearly has a little bit. It was in March that it happened, and now it's back in May. He had a little bit pop up in 2019, too. He hasn't missed time since then, but little longer history than just march to now yeah and uh it'll be interesting when can he return to play i don't remember who their dh is but right. he could do dh a little quicker of course, of course he's not gonna run the bases that well but yeah. he can get around well enough with his big bat about, about same speed as his dad right now right now <laughs> that's gonna be pretty old right now yeah. right he had him young he might be early 50s well, let's put it this way. He's faster than me right now, for sure. <laughs> but beyond that, we'll, we'll let it go. Look, how fast do you have to be if you hit it out? Yeah, not that fast. Aaron Judge likes to trot around the, <laughs> trot around the bases lately. So yeah. uh, last one is Co Cody Bellinger. We have uh, details up on the website. But real quick, uh, he's said to be day-to-day -day with the knee. Well, the good news is it's not an ACL, right? And But undoubtedly knee hyperextension and likely bone bruise. I think they're just trying to wait it out. Don't be surprised if you get a retroactive 10 day and it could go longer. It shouldn't go longer than officially 10 day IL, but I'm not saying he returns in 10 days. Right. Uh, I think he should be able to stay short of 60 and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll come back. Thankfully Clyde in the wall and it was the landing, but it's not an ACL. It's not season ending by video anyways right just want to get that in there for any uh chicago fans tuning in for mcmahon and you get some some cub at, cubs action so <laughs> yeah and that was uh it wasn't it was in houston and right we had an interesting discussion that maybe people need, need to know about they said well 
his ligaments okay the doc told him that's what the cubs manager said baseball team docs don't travel in the regular season there's too many That's games. Wait, so many games. Yeah, they'll travel in the playoffs. Same with basketball, and we've talked about that with the Warriors and the rib block injection. So it likely was the Houston, not the Houston, a Houston team doctor. And there's usually a handful of guys that try and cover the 81 games. Some are orthopedists, some are PM&R, some are primary care, some are this, that, the right. other. There's only one usually there per game. And you did that for the Cubs, correct? Back uh, in the day. Okay. Full of, yes, I did that for the Cubs. I was not the head team position. Right. I was one of the rotating. Uh, yeah. I don't even know I was on a regular rotation, but I, <laughs> but three guys are out sick. I, I mean, there, I, I usually got the, uh, the uh, uh, rain uh, rescheduled. <laughs> Yeah. Double header game <laughs> when the main docs had surgery and other things during the day and couldn't cancel patients. And then I would be the official team physician for the 11, you know, uh, you're, you're deep in the pulpit. Can we put it like that? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. 11 a.m., uh, uh, you know, first pitch with a double header, a game following at two, right? Because <laughs> they didn't have lights back in the day, <laughs> you know, get into both games with the same ticket. Yeah, yeah, that that so you know I've done a handful of games like that, done some stuff for the Twins in spring training, but it's not like the football right experience. <laughs> uh, piece of the week, I got two candidates for you. Uh, first one's the Bills athletic trainer Denny Kellington going back to Oklahoma State and giving the commencement address, and second one is Bryce Harper for picking a fight while you're recovering from your your UCL surgery. I don't know if that's beast as much as stop well, but <laughs> well bryce just can't help himself. he can't help himself he's always fired up but i would argue that's also what makes him great yeah he's fired up same with tatis when he talked about you can't throttle the guy back what makes him great is he's all out right so i mean and i think the chances unless you really go uh mma and and uh, <laughs> wrestling was the chance of in- injuring his elbow are very low i don't know if he had a sliding brace on for the fight but he probably should have so <laughs> yeah well uh, that's when your teammates are supposed to help you out you can baseball fights aren't fights anyway it's a lot of holding each other back <laughs> well i mean it's sort of the wrestling if uh, low chance of injury to his elbow don't do it but low <laughs> chance of injury to the elbow um i would say the beast is is graded danny killington that's awesome He's one of a whole team. Yes, he deserves it. But I would say the recognition of his school to be able to do it, uh, I think, is kind of cool. Right. Uh, good Good for him. You know, how often, like, you hear about it all the time. So we heard about it with the Eagles recently. You heard about it with the, with the Giants. You heard about it with the Chargers in the last year or two. Oh, look at all these injuries. Uh, the Giants have been at the bottom of average games lost. Fire the trainers right. and fire the doctors. Fire the trainers. You, you hear about the negativity. You don't always hear about the positivity. But the other thing I find funny about fire the trainers is – if you really look at, first of all, you have to analyze every injury and what's their fault, but you have to understand traditional athletic trainers in the NFL are not responsible primarily for injury prevention. They're responsible 
Sure, by injury prevention with taping and doing something, but for rehab. So they really should be judged on how quickly they get people back, not yeah. on how many injuries there are <laughs> if you get to it. Right. And of course, this is, you know, where I'm going to go next. The quote to my former GM when I was working, I'm Paul Revere. I'm not the British. I'm not invading. I'm just telling you the coming. I'm not causing the injuries. I'm just telling you it's coming. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't uh Injury prevention's in the weight room, right? It's not on, yeah. not on the trainer's table. Yeah. All set. All right. Any other uh, questions or anything here? No. Uh, we'll have all the latest on the playoffs. Go to the website. Uh, insights. Keep updated. We got Spieth up there. We got a latest on Vim, Victor Wembanyama, who's going to the Spurs. So that'll uh, that'll keep us keep us going until football heats, heats up. But right around the corner. Yeah. And uh, look. We put up a video questioning potential durability concerns. We have him north of Chet Holmgren in our confidence yeah. level. We probably have him south of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But he's got to be the first pick. It's just question, you know, they're going to have to work out how durable he is. I think he'll be all right. And that's why you have him green at 86. He's going to be the first player drafted. Um, I saw a story where someone invested or bought into the spurs on monday probably wow. already made some money <laughs> part a partial investor that's but good he timing yeah probably already made some money i'd say that's a smart move uh, that's good good timing yeah i guess they don't use ping pong balls do they they use and these i cards. don't know what they use i think they use these cards yeah but whatever it's all good all right thanks for watching thanks to jim mcmahon Good to have uh, in-studio guests whenever we can and the timing works out. Uh, thanks for watching. Subscribe here or go to SICscore.com. Thank you.